What are you choosing to create in your life? Are you doing it with awareness? And are you doing it with strength? Are you doing it through fear? And are you possibly doing it because it's something you love? Welcome to the Mindset Alchemy podcast, where we look at the way words, thoughts, feelings, and our surroundings impact us, work with us, and work against us. Looking forward to having you join me. Let's get on with it. Hello and welcome to the Mindset of Me podcast. I am so delighted and excited to have Carrie Cardozo with us today. Carrie and I have walked a journey together and it is an incredible privilege that you have to be able to listen to her today. Carrie, thank you so much for making time in your schedule for us today and welcome. Oh, thank you so much. And that's such a great introduction. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited. We always have great conversations, great chats. We do. And it always sparks so many ideas for me. So thank you again for being here today. Carrie, would you like to explain to our audience who you are, what you do, and uh, what is your vision for the future? Okay, that's a big question, but yeah. So um, my name is Carrie Cardozo. I am the soul prophet. I'm a psychic energy worker, healer, and I mainly focus on helping people to activate their psychic abilities. So I help people to tap into their soul, into their own energy, know how to use their energy, um, and really step into who they're supposed to be when they come here. I have this, you know, really grounded belief that every single person is psychic. Every single person has the ability to tap into their psychic um, psychic gifts. It's just a matter of the healing work that they've done and what those gifts actually are for, and then really start to embody them and stand in their power so they can use them in their life and in their business. And my ultimate vision is to see people more connected and, and more people tapping into their gifts so that they can use them in their life in whichever way feels most aligned for them. When did you first understand that you maybe could see and feel and hear differently to the general people around you? So I first realized it. um, Actually, I first started questioning it in my late 20s when every single thing that I had ever experienced, like major things in my life, um, illnesses, accidents, um, pregnancies, divorces started happening. And I was uh, on the phone with my cousin one day and I said to her, um, I was like, do you see every major event that's ever happened in your life? And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, like in your head, like when you were little, did you see all the things that have happened in your life? And she was like, no. And it really like, I was like, I do. She's like, what are you talking about? And I started listing all the things that I had seen. And I can remember the exact moment I had seen them as a child. But as a child, I just thought it was like my crazy imagination, or I was like pretend play, or, you know, the things that I felt about people, everyone felt the the things that I saw, everybody was seeing, or it was just my imagination. So that really sparked it for me. But then it wasn't until my fiance passed away in 2014 that I really started digging in. And the whole reason I dug into psychic gifts and spirituality was because I needed to know where he went. I needed to know that 
his passing wasn't just the end of everything that ever existed about him. And, and we hear that a lot. Like when you die, people don't remember you, people move on. It's, it's kind of like you're forgotten. And I couldn't handle that. I needed to understand what had happened to him and where he had gone. So I went down this journey to meet with mediums and psychics. And every single time I met with one, they were like, you have it. And they kept starting to explain the difference between how I lived my life and what I heard and what I saw and how, you know, quote unquote, most people lived their life and what they saw. So it was really eye-opening for me to realize what other people didn't experience on a daily basis. That must have been quite difficult when you were younger. How did you, uh, how did you experience it from an emotional perspective? How did it make you feel? When I was little experiencing these things, you mean? Yeah. So honestly, on so many levels, and it's funny because everyone asked me about my psychic stuff. Nobody has actually asked me about my childhood psychic stuff. And I really don't talk on this very often. So this is a great question, actually. So I was, there were elements of um, feeling very alone, feeling very, very alone Mm -hmm. in the sense that you know, I would see something or hear something or feel something and people would tell me I was wrong. Um, I can, I, part of my gifts are that I can see the truth with inside of almost anything. So that means that somebody would say something be like, oh my God, I'm so happy for you. And I'd be like, but you're not happy. You're angry. Like you're angry at me or you don't like that. Or you're, you know, you, you're not glad that I did that or whatever. Um, and I would get in trouble a lot. So I felt very, very isolated. I got in trouble at school, you know, multiple times for saying things or doing things. Um, You know, people oftentimes would say, no, it's nothing. I would see spirits in the hallways at night in my house. And my mom would just be like, okay, it's nothing. Go back to bed. It's just your imagination. You're just dreaming. And I'd be like, but I'm not dreaming. So I felt very alone, very isolated. I felt that there was times that I felt that I was crazy or I had just such an overactive imagination. So I just lay in bed and just be like, don't think about that. Don't think about that. Like close my eyes. Um, I ended up getting very sick in the sense that I couldn't go to bed at night unless I had stomach medicine because of all the fear and the energy that I was experiencing. My solar plexus was going crazy. And so I would have this heightened level of anxiety of what I was going to see at night or what was going to happen, what I would experience. And so my mom for a period of time would give me like stomach medicine to go to bed. And then I think she got to a point where she was just like, I can't keep giving this girl medicine. So she bought me little candies that tasted like the medicine, told me it was the medicine. And I would have one of those before I went to bed every night for the longest time. And I think she probably did that because if she didn't, I wouldn't sleep. Like I wouldn't, I would keep everybody up because I couldn't sleep and I didn't feel good. Um, and it was just like a psychological thing that I needed that I wouldn't get sick and I would be safer if I took this. So I did that for probably a couple of years. I did that. Wow. I know I slept with a nightlight on for similar things. So I absolutely understand when clients come to you talking about this, about their children, what is something you share with them of how to deal with it, how to cope with it? So I am one of those people that I, I can see a lot and, I, and I've experienced a lot. So one of the first things that I tell parents is that for one, I do not encourage them to teach their children how to develop their psychic gifts unless they mm-hmm. themselves 
are really, really connected. They trust what they're seeing. They know what they're seeing and they're paying attention because it's not just like, Hey, yeah, I'm psychic. So it's okay. My daughter can open her psychic gifts because all of my children are psychic. They really are. But you have to pay attention because what I have seen with children in psychic gifts is that uh, lower vibrational energies will come in because yeah. children have a lot of children have this very pure energy and lower vibrational energies like to suck that out. Mm-hmm. So for one, I encourage them not to teach them or encourage them how to connect with, um, with specific channeling. So here are some things I do say that they can do for one. I, um, encouraged my daughter to, um, talk to her guardian angels. And we focused on angels. So we focused on angelic energy. So to talk to her guardian angels and for her, she also had people on the other side. So, um, at the time when we really started doing this, her, basically her stepdad had passed away and, um, her great grandmother in mm-hmm. so in, within weeks of each other. So she had two people on the other side that I encouraged her to write letters to, I encouraged her to talk to, and she, I I really do believe that she did this more than I even thought. And I, and encouraged all of my children. I just have one child who really, really wanted to grow her gifts and abilities more so than the other. And unknowingly, the other thing I had her do was to just talk to her guardian angels and say, like, if you're worried about something, express that and ask them to help work the situation out. Um, if she said that she saw something, I would, for one, tune in to see what it was to make sure that I understood what was in the house or communicating. And all of my children have seen things. All of my children have had interactions with spirits. And so I, for one, always make sure I understand what it is and who it is and what they're there for. And if it's not for the highest good, I send them away. But two, I will then have, I will then reassure them that it's just like a guide checking in. It's just their guardian angel checking in so that there's not that fear-based energy. Um, Because that was really, I didn't understand all the things that I was seeing. And I know when I was a kid, I saw a lot more than my children are seeing. Um, But it's still like kids do see spirits. They do. Kids can see guides that come into the house. So I never say no. And I wouldn't tell them that they're not seeing something. I wouldn't disregard it. I would say something along the lines of, yeah, that's like your guardian angel there. It's okay. It's, you know, there, it's just somebody from the other side, looking out for you, looking over you, um, listen to them when they talk more so than asking advice, because you're going to hear a lot more of, you know, and ask questions in open-ended questions. Like you don't want to ask a child, yes or no questions, ask open-ended questions, um, you know, the other thing that I did was in, in this, you, you want to be a little bit cautious of as well is I went and found a card deck. They don't have a lot of card decks for children. And I'm just putting this out there. Stay tuned. Cause I have something coming for that. Um, but I went and found a really nice, like angelic card deck. So, it, cause my daughter had a lot of questions and she had a lot of, um, worries and she had a lot of, um, you know, desires to understand what was going on. So I bought our card deck and I went through it and I actually took out anything that I just didn't feel was aligned. And I gave her the rest. And I told her whenever she had a question, she wanted her angels to bring her some information to pull a card. And I taught her how to pull these cards. And then I taught her to sit with the cards and ask and And we did this a lot together. If I saw she caught her cards out, I'd I'd ask her to pull me a card and then ask her to tell me what she thought about it. So I really did just allow her to grow and experience her own gifts. If she had dreams, we spoke about it. 
Um, if she said she saw her stepdad, uh, I would say, oh my gosh, I'm sure he was checking on you, you know, things like that to really encourage instead of discourage or bring fear-based energy in. We don't want the kids to be in a fear-based energy. Yes, that is very important. Um, for me, I was just so privileged to be able to work with you when I started realizing my gifts, because that is one thing you insist on is working for the highest of good. What has your experience been around that with other people that come to you uh, having experienced less than the highest of good? Yeah. So, yeah, whenever we're working with spirit, we want to work in the energy of the highest good. But not everybody does and not everybody kind of understands what highest good even means. So a lot of people, you know, when we connect to the other side, we get a lot of information. They can give us guidance. They can, you know, tell us what's going on. They can, you know, help us to get through something. And oftentimes when we're really in our human state, there are very specific things we want to hear. And when we want to hear something, it's, it doesn't, a lot of the times that's ego-based. So we want to, we want validation. We want, um, we want confirmation. We want security. And that's when we're working in the energy of the highest good, that's not always what we get is highest good. So, um, when we are working or communicating, anything can come in. So yeah. our job is to be aware of the things that we connect to, be aware of the things that we're reading, the things that we're talking to, the people that we're listening to, because I know it sounds crazy, but if you're watching a movie that has a really low vibrational energy or you're reading a book with a really low vibrational energy in it, you can connect to that energy. Mm -hmm. And the more you connect to that energy, the more it opens you up to connect, especially if you're trying to connect with spirit, trying to connect with guides, it's going to open you up to connect with spirits and guides that are at that same fear-based frequency. Mm -hmm. So this allows lower vibrational energies to come in and allows um, energies to come in that maybe are not working in the highest good or working you know, in that energy of expansive love, unconditional love or source energy. Wow, that's quite a lot to, for most people to absorb. What made you decide to take your business online and open it to people like myself, to the people I've met uh, through your courses? What made you take that decision and how has it impacted your life? So I didn't take it very easily and I was kind of forced, I guess I will say in that sense. So I was really against being in the online space because I just didn't really understand it. And mm -hmm. I really thought that like social media was just social media. And even to this day, I get it when people are like, so you just are like on social media. And I'm like, not really, but I understand that they don't understand it. Mm -hmm. So I did not want to be in an online space. I wanted to be consulting for companies and I didn't want to do psychic stuff because although I really resonated with psychic stuff. A lot of the people that I'd spent my life with didn't. Yeah. And I wasn't, uh, you know, I was 33 years old and I hadn't been psychic in an outward way, like where everyone knew, even myself, like, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't realize what I was until I was, you know, 33, 34 years old. And so it was really uncomfortable for me when my guide said, you must be psychic. And I was like, absolutely. Well, I can be psychic, but nobody has to know about it. So I really pushed for my business to not be online. And then I met this gentleman. 
it just happened. I went to a networking group. It, it's just amazing how the universe kind of puts you where you're supposed to be. And I really do trust that. I didn't at the time, but I trust that now. And he was like, let's start a podcast. You have so much to talk about and so much to say. We both did like business growth. So I hemmed and hawed over it. My guide said, yes, do it. So we started a podcast. Well, when you start a podcast, you kind of got to be online. So I had to start, you know, I had to really start doing more online stuff and he did everything online. So he started to show me a lot of what he was doing or, you know, he introduced me to some people. So we did this for about four months worth of time. And then he decided it wasn't for him. And I was a little bit freaked out because I was like, wait a second, you got me started on this podcast. I really love to speak. This has been so good, but it didn't get the results he wanted. Mm -hmm. And I was just interested in speaking and sharing. And so I continued on the podcast, which pushed me more online. Mm -hmm. And, but I was still kind of hiding my psychic thing. And I was struggling to get my business successful. I was struggling to reach the numbers I wanted. And my guides kept saying to me, if you want to be successful, you must be a psychic. You must even call yourself a psychic. Uh, like I started off calling myself a priestess and they were like, no, absolutely not. Um, and so when I finally gave in, worked through my fears, worked through my resistance and came out as a psychic. And I, I feel like I was one of the first people in this arena to really call, say, I am a psychic. I am a psychic. A lot of people didn't, especially in the, at least in the entrepreneurial place that I was in, they'd call themselves intuitives or, you know, uh, energy workers or priestesses. But I really like went full guns in with the psychic thing. Um, and everything changed in my business everything changed and it allowed me to reach many more people. That's what my guides kept saying is that you want to reach all the people you're meant to reach. And mm -hmm. I can't do that sitting in this little, you know, Northwest corner of Connecticut, but being online, I have, I, I have clients all over the world and it has completely changed what I'm doing. And I believe it has changed a lot in the world of energy of being psychic because you've very much have given ethics, guidelines, ways of being. Yeah. Would you share a bit on that for us, please? Yeah. So one of the things that my guides have always said is that part of my bigger purpose is to make, is to bring psychics and energy workers and the psychic energy to a more respected level. So it's been around for, for, you know, centuries, it's been around forever, but it's been more on an entertainment basis. And a lot of psychics use it that way. And it's funny to me, when I first entered the psychic world, I was in a place of doing really deep healing, really, really deep healing of getting out of a really dark place. I learned a lot very quickly and my guides were just right in my face. And one of the things that really threw me back is that all the psychics and the mediums that I were, had met didn't really have a deep conscious and spiritual understanding. And by spiritual, I mean an energetic understanding, like a truth of life. Like what happens mm -hmm. on the other side? What are we supposed to be doing here? Why are we keep repeating patterns, habits, behaviors, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And they just were telephones between the other side in this world. Mm -hmm. And they just literally delivered messages. And for me, that seemed like the bare minimum of what we were supposed to be doing. And none of those messages were truly helping anybody because they didn't know what to do with them. They didn't, even the messages seemed so superficial compared to the messages that I would get. And, and I do say that to people when they're like, oh, channel for me. I'm like, are you sure you want me to channel? Cause I don't, ch I can channel on like who you're going to meet and what's fun things that are coming into your life and children. And I do that all the time, but my channeling goes really deep. It exposes 
the depths of your soul, of your purpose for being here, of your greatest truths and your, your deepest struggles. And what I realized is that we need to start holding psychics and energy workers to a higher standard of not just delivering messages, but actually how to deliver those messages, when to deliver those messages, and how to help people to really expand their awareness, their consciousness, to reconnect back to an aspect of themselves, this psychic energetic aspect of themselves that they have been ignoring or not, you know, not even giving the space to not just be a telephone from the other side to prove that grandma still is alive. And, and that's great. And that's so important. I needed that in my journey, needed to know that Mike was still existing, mm. but inside of that need to know and prove, I found a whole other world that existed that explained so many things to me that I needed to hear and needed explained and needed kind of like confirmation on I'd felt them my whole life, but now I was getting the confirmation for everything I'd ever felt. Sure. That's a lot to unpack there. Um, with that, having said that, you are in a lot of ways, you work with, you focused a lot on business. And then from business, you started focusing again on people in a personal capacity. Mm -hmm. What helped you with that shift? So my guides, really just my guides. Um, but what I realized was that I can channel on anything and I can give psychic guidance on literally anything in the entire world. But I've, what I realized is that there are a lot of people teaching psychic development and teaching healing and teaching, you know, about spiritual stuff and information. And so many things are getting lost in the teaching. And, and I don't, I don't think anyone's really doing it on purpose. I think a lot of people don't know. I have a very deep connection to energy and to the other side. And I see things at a more depth in more depth than most people have the ability to see. And when I, so when I teach psychic stuff, I'm not just teaching the action of how to do it. That is the, that, that's, that's just basic. Everybody knows that. But what we do is we go deeper into the energy aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And we, I hold energy. I can open up things within people's bodies. I help them to understand truly how to read energy, how to discern, how to um, stand in their power as a leader without taking the power of other people as a mentor, as a psychic teacher. I help them to be able to really understand and discern between, I, I see a lot of psychics who teach to channel. And when they're teaching somebody to channel, they're really just accessing information with inside their own minds. Yes. When we channel and when we're psychic, all the information comes from outside of us. Nothing comes from inside. You literally could know nothing, literally nothing about a subject and you can get all the information you need to. And I can really tell a psychic who's tapped in, not just because of the energy that's coming in and out from them, because you can, I can see it. But when somebody says, well, I don't really understand your question. Can you ask again? I don't understand much on that subject. Can you ask again? You need to understand zero. You don't even at times, if you're truly tapped into energy, I don't need your question. I don't need your question because the energy already exists around it. And I can see everything because I, it's not about me. It's not about my understanding of it, unless I'm trying to gather information through my own knowledge, my own subconscious, my own beliefs, my own opinion, or my own intuition. 
but I'm not. As a psychic, all the information comes from outside of ourselves. And I see teachers aren't teaching this because they don't know how to, because there's a lack of connection to energy because we are so caught up in the stuff that our opinions, our beliefs, our lessons are everything that we are. Whereas a psychic, you have to get out of yourself and connect truly to the energy. That's how you're most clear. But most teachers don't do this. And my guides were very specific. Like I've worked with psychics who've been in the psychic industry longer than I am old. Mm-hmm. To help them to be more accurate, to teach into, uh, to teach them about energy, to clear their energy, to do this energetic healing because their psychics were not asked to, to step up to the level that we are being asked to step up to right now to support bigger, more powerful, more aligned energy that's coming in and more aligned healing work and energy work. And psychics have to raise their own standards of the work that they do and the way they channel and the way they work with energy to facilitate such a, such a con- connection and communication with the other side. And she I know was- that was a lot. <laughs> It was powerful. Actually, I had you were using the analogy of the telephone, and what I was seeing is how people moved from cupping their hands to shout to drums to fires to the dial-up telephone. And my experience, especially working with you, is energy is morphing and changing. Yeah, it's not so much the energy is morphing and changing. We are morphing and changing, and our capacity is increasing and expanding. What is your experience through this and with this? Yeah, so we can, as humans, still we're still human, even though we have the ability to connect to the other side. So everything is energy and everything has a vibration and a frequency, which can be read with the scientific machines that they have. I don't know what they're called, but. They are because my clients will use some of them be like, you were spot on. It's saying the same energy that you're saying. So we communicate with energy as psychics. That's what we do, but we have to be a match for it. And over the years, you know, we've been in a low vibrational frequency. I don't care if you're a psychic. I don't care if you're mother Teresa. I don't care who you are as a global community. Humans have been in a lower vibrational frequency, which Mm -hmm. means that we're focused very much in, for one, our lower chakras, but for two, in the traumas, the hardships, the limitations, the control, the manipulation energy that as a globe, we are all connected with, which means that any energies and guides that come in have to vibrate at a frequency that even when we raise our vibration, that we are able to communicate with and it hasn't been very high frequencies. So a lot of the communication with the other side has been limiting, has Mm -hmm. been lower, has been a little bit of ego filled, has been more validation and Mm -hmm. more superficial than anything possible. But as we do our work and we truly raise our vibration, and, and I don't think people truly understand what it means to raise your vibration. People are like, oh my gosh, I did some work and I raised my vibration so high this past week. Probably not. And what happens is, is that each level, so let's say that there's 10 levels of vibration. There's not, but let's say that there are. This is a great example. Most people will stay in a one number range their whole life. Mm -hmm. So you will stay in like a four range, but the four has many different layers to it as well. And so Mm -hmm. when you feel like you've raised your vibration, it's because you went from a low four to a high four. 
Mm. And that's what most people are feeling. In order to go from a four to a five, which is a huge jump, you must do really deep healing. You must do trauma healing, limiting belief healing. You must change the way that your body functions, like your physical Mm -hmm. body. You have to open up awareness. You have to go really deep with inside. It is not just a matter of doing some meditations, doing some energy healing, connecting with nature and grounding. So as we continue to grow and expand, as a community, higher vibrational energies are coming in. So are the lower ones still. And as these higher ones come in, they're asking more of us. They're Mm -hmm. asking us to see things a different way, to act a different way, to heal deeper, to instead of living a life of, oh my God, I can have anything that I want. And I'm supposed to be here to have live the most beautiful life. It's not really how it is. We are here to to grow and expand and to find our strength and to find our power and to find what really defines us. And when we live those lives, that's in the life of the highest good. And you do face challenges. You do face things that stretch you. You do face situations that are not, you know, are not what you would have chosen, but it is what you must um, experience in order to learn so many amazing things about yourself. And that's what that highest good energy is about. Not necessarily like, oh my God, I'm living with, you know, rainbows and butterflies and, you know, cotton candy and life is, is simply amazing. It's still beautiful, but it's beautiful in a more expansive way because we're connecting with energies that are forcing us to grow in a way that's for our highest good, for our soul expansion. That is something that is coming forward a tremendous amount lately is about soul expansion. Um, That's a topic all of its own. I will definitely be inviting you back to explore that. Otherwise, people find Carrie's podcast and where she teaches and go and explore it with her. With the soul expansion, one of the tools that I used before I met you was journaling. You taught me to go at a much deeper level. Can you share a bit on that, the journaling as a tool for raising our vibration, our soul expansion, moving forward? Yeah, I do use journaling a lot and I teach it. But what I realized with working with people is that I was journaling very different and I just assumed everybody else was kind of like the, Mm -hmm. I assume everybody sees, you know, dead people and ghosts. So one of the things that is super beneficial is to really allow yourself to dig deep into how you're feeling, your emotions, your anger, your frustration, your sadness, your grief, whatever it is. And the same way, and you might not do this, but this is how I really resonated with it. There would be times that I'd be so triggered and I would call up my best friend and be like, I just need to unload on you. And I would tell her all the things that had happened. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. We'd have kind of like a bash session. And it wasn't good for either of us because then she's picking up the energy, but that's what I do with my journal. I don't talk about how the day's going. I don't re-explain what happened. I literally yell and experience and dump everything I possibly am thinking, feeling. I go really, really deep on this journal. It could be messy. There's no rhyme or reason to it. I literally like complain and yell and scream at the journal. That Mm -hmm. allows us to get the energy out, but also access the emotions that we've been taught to just keep inside and we need to get them out. So this journaling allows us to literally just unload our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, but also our energy. So our Mm -hmm. energy is unloading into the paper um, in order to be able to go deeper and to have these realizations. And that's what should happen. You should 
go to a point that you are almost like depleted. You just have nothing else to say. You sit there for a moment and then all of a sudden you start coming back out. You start having these realizations of, oh my gosh, like I'm in victim mode or I sound like this, or I didn't even realize I was doing that. Or so this journaling is supposed to help you to unload and release, but then have these realizations as well. And these realizations are what you then begin to change or work on or start incorporating, heal, that kind of stuff. I must say uh, something you did teach me was to replace after I have dumped it out with gratitude, with the awarenesses. And I've seen people forget that. And then they they yeah. cannot, they um, are totally flabbergasted when all of that nonsense comes flooding back in. Yeah. And it, and it goes back to the, everyone does, but it goes back to that basic knowledge of energy can't be destroyed. You cannot destroy energy. So we must transmute it. So if we release a lot of energy, let's say that I am filled with 98 you know, grams of energy, whatever. I don't even know. 98 grams of energy. I even, and I unload 50 of them. I need to reload 50 back. So you cannot be, you cannot take energy out and not put energy back in. It doesn't matter what you are, who you are, what you're doing, how you're releasing energy. And that's where people make a mistake is that whatever you take out, you must replace with something else. So if you're spewing anger and frustration and words and thoughts and emotions and energy, fill yourself back up with a desired energy, a desired thought, desired emotion. You have to refill it back up. So we always want to change. We want to switch what we're feeling, experiencing, and thinking and put new stuff back in. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I'm very sad to say our time is coming to an end purely because my electricity is about to be switched off because I'm <laughs> in South Africa and we have something called load shedding. Carrie, what, some, what is something you would like to leave our audience with? I think one of the most important things that I think that people need to understand is that there's the things that you're feeling, the things that you're thinking, the things that you experienced are real. And it's just having you begin to explore those and tap in to realize that you're not crazy. I meet so many people who are like, oh my God, you mean like the thoughts that I've been having are important and I need to look at those or the things that I've been seeing. So everybody has the ability to tap into the psychic, the psychic gifts that they have. It's just a matter of how much work and how much energy that you're willing to put into it. So if psychic stuff excites you, if you know there's something more out there, um, one of the questions that people ask that are afraid to ask are, do I have psychic abilities? And my answer is normally, yes. It's just a matter of the work you're willing to do to activate them, to open them and to start using them. But I do truly see them as a gift. They are a sense that we have not allowed ourselves to freely tap into and given the respect that it needs. So if you feel like you are, if this stuff interests you, go figure out more, go learn more about it from somebody you trust, um, from somebody who knows that they're talking about, because part of our purpose right now in this phase of, you know, existence. So in this life that we're all living is to truly back to tap back into who we are. Um, so I'd encourage you to do that. And to help you along the way, Carrie has uh, quite a few self-study, supported self-study courses that you can access at carriecardozo.com. Am I correct about yeah, that? Yeah, And there's also a quiz that you can take to see like your percentage of psychic gifts. So it's a fun quiz. Um, there's no science behind it, but I channeled it and it's been pretty accurate. So it's a fun quiz. 
It is a lot of fun and it's very helpful. People, you've heard it from one of the best. Carrie, I so appreciate you being here today. I know your schedule is pretty well structured. <laughs> I'm glad to be part of the structure today. Thank well, you. Thank you so, so much. I truly appreciate this. Like an honor to be on the podcast. And anytime you want to chat, we can definitely fit it into the schedule. Definitely, we will. Be. What's that, Schwarzenegger? I'll be back. We'll definitely <laughs> you back. People, check out the show notes. Check out where you can acknowledge define and discover your gifts and remember sharing is caring please share this podcast so that others can learn about themselves where they're going and what their potential is have a grand glorious and wonderful rest of your day bye-bye Thank you for listening and remember, come and find me on social media and tell me what you got out of this, where you can shift and change and what it is you'd like to change to. If you'd like to work with me, reach out and let's chat. Have a great, glorious and phenomenal day. Bye-bye.